The change hierarchy is part of the structure change framework. It's got five different levels that start with why, why are we doing something, what are we going to do to address the why, how we will exercise the change ahead of us or the different options, and then we move into the when and who. By using this framework and this mental image when you're engaging with various stakeholders, you've got confidence to know what type of questions they're asking or what type of message you're trying to articulate to them. If I'm at a senior end of the business, I don't want to be talking detail. And likewise, if I'm speaking to someone in another area of the business, I want to make sure that they understand how we're actually exchanging our information. The change hierarchy does this. In this lecture, we're going to take a look at the change hierarchy. Now, there are many different models, frameworks, processes, and theory around change. What you're going to learn in this lecture is how to apply the change hierarchy to any change framework or process set. Now, the change hierarchy as well, as you will see, helps you align with your customers and your change audience, if you like, and stakeholders, but it'll also provide you the building blocks, both mentally and logically, to support your change, communicate your change, measure your change, and realize the value from your change. Something we see very often when we're with organizations is that many change journeys start off focusing on the how and this gets people very busy but without a hierarchy of change focusing on the how and potentially the who and when divorces us or separates us from why we're doing it in the first place so the change hierarchy sets the scene for separating us from the why and the how very important especially at the early stages of a change journey but it should always be a reminder throughout the journey the change hierarchy is simple agnostic again agnostic it can apply to anything it's scalable and again you can position change effort in an organization against this framework and people will not only buy into the change ahead their confidence will be lifted because they understand where they're operating in it assists with measuring and the visualization of the change ahead. When we report change, how do we do that? Well, the change hierarchy enables us to do that, but because it is built in a tier approach, it is very obvious to people through conversation, action and decision making where they should be in relation to the change. Plus, the change hierarchy with the change principles we learned in a previous lecture bring the richness and the stability and the predictability and the sustainability in the change out further. The change hierarchy really supports business cases for change because people understand again how the organization sees itself in today but also to the change ahead. And again the hierarchy is narrow or pointy at the top one because it's a triangle but two because when the triangle changes at the top 
there's a lot of things that will happen beneath that that the organisation needs to be aware of, the change leader needs to be mindful of, and a word of warning to the executives that once the change journey starts, changing scope or direction can have a very big impact on the change journey ahead. At the top of the triangle, or the change hierarchy, we have got why. And from an organisational point of view, why are we changing? Is it to do with external forces in terms of market? Is it outdated technology? Cost, revenue, investment, whatever. Or is it a change for a customer? The why is critical in terms of our messaging. From your perspective as a change manager or a change leader, by clarifying and challenging the business requirements and the proposed changes and tying it back to the why, you always have a reason for your actions and your decisions. Sometimes an action or decision made too far down the hierarchy that forgets the why can confuse people. So going through this hierarchy from top to bottom or left to right, you will see how you can create confidence, stability, certainty in the change ahead and you are more likely to engage people from day one. Our second level on the hierarchy is what? So we know why we're doing something, but what are we going to do to address the why? In an organizational context, what does it mean for us? What is the time frame? What people will be impacted? What are the high level changes that we're talking about? Again, what materially will change in the organization? people, process, technology, etc. From your perspective, you're wanting to understand the functional and process impacts that are likely to need to be changed to meet this new state for the organization. We'll need to consider if any capabilities will need to change, both human and non-human, and potentially Will the capacity of the organization need to be adjusted? Have we got enough people and resources? Have we got too many people and resources in one particular area? Now's the time to call it out and to get it into our planning. But because the what comes immediately after the why, you can have that discussion with the executives or the sponsors of the change and know that they will understand what you're talking about. And it's better to have tough conversations at the beginning than try to have them at the end. It just doesn't work and it's often not successful at all. Our next level or the middle level in the change hierarchy is how. So we know why we're doing something. We know what it is we're going to do. But how are we actually going to implement the what? Again, organizational context. How will we move from the current state to the future state? how we change the different areas of the business. Are we considering the different details of the change, building in some of the scenarios? The, this is really the designing piece of the change and it can be really interesting because we need to navigate elements of not just capability and capacity, but certain stakeholder groups that might be have a element of industrial relations considerations like a union. It could be an outsourced workforce. 
we could have some of our capability being delivered by an external resource under a contract. We need to understand in our design of the change, how do we factor that in? From your perspective, we want to plan the most effective use of resources whilst managing the risks to the business case for change, but also operations. And in another lecture that we have, we'll talk about the strategic change element down in the operational change element and what sits in between, which is often referred to as the tactical change element. But again, we need to manage the risks and your change design or change journey should be done in conjunction with both risk and opportunity. We should never ever assume that the first design we think of in terms of the change journey is the one that is correct or the most optimum because things will change and we need to factor that into the journey ahead. Moving down through the hierarchy, we're now arriving at when. So we know why we're doing something. We know what it is we're going to do to move to that future state. We know how we're going to address the what. The next key question is when. The chief executive might say, I want all these changes in within a three month period. But through your experience as a change manager, the risk profile that we're looking at, we need to be realistic about how large steps that we take in the change, the frequency or the cycle of those steps. Because if you try to implement change too soon in an organization, what we refer to is you've built a house of cards. It's fragile and it's unlikely to sustain or be robust. So in the context of the organization, we're looking at when will people, processes and technologies need to come together or do something differently? When will our workers, suppliers and customers need to enter the journey with us? When do they need to do something? When should we forewarn them that something is going to change and they're a part of it? So from your perspective as the change leader or manager, we might be preparing the business with that awareness, training, engagement, documentation, communication, but understanding the future support needs and reinforcing that in the change audience that we are on a journey, but that feedback, that leadership, those alignment principles help us determine when is it best to change something. Our last element on the change hierarchy and by no means any less important is the who. There's two perspectives here. Who will be in an impact or affected by the changes, but who will actually be part of the change journey as well? We need to consider this because certain people will play a certain part at a certain phase of a change journey. Organizational context again, who will be affected? Who will need to monitor the changes applied to the business as usual, or the operations of the business. We all know that it's one thing to come up with a strategic change journey, but if we don't keep operations going at the same time, the organization is likely to implode. It'll go broke, you just can't stop. It's like building a road. 
If you want to extend a road, you just can't block off the road while you're constructing the new lane. You need to keep it open to keep traffic flowing. The same thing can be said around change. We need to be mindful of that. So from your perspective as a change manager or leader, you need to have identified who are the champions in the business who are going to take that change forward and embed it. Because in terms of change, once we get down to the end of the change journey and we can see business as usual or stability in front of us, we need to factor how are we going to remove ourselves from the change journey and not be dependent upon. That's our leadership and management piece that sets the organization up for success in terms of assurance, leadership and value. So recapping on this lecture around the change hierarchy. It's a top-down hierarchy that places change in the simplest of contexts for stakeholders to understand. You can discuss and share and articulate the change in five different perspectives with ultimate confidence. But it's important to remind your stakeholders and those influences in the change ahead that a small change to the why will be amplified the further that you go down. So being purposeful, understanding the outcomes that are sought, applying those principles, the four principles of change, is likely to keep stability in the change journey ahead. So again, why are we doing it? What are we going to do to address the why? How are we going to do the change to address the what? When will we implement the how? And who will be impacted? Who will do the change? And who will actually take over the change at the end of the journey? When we actually have the ability to position our discussions around each of those levels of the hierarchy, we have confidence, we have clarity, and we create convergence in everything we do.